Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are four girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life zoo employees. As always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind we try to keep the podcast around PG-13, so if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand. With that, I'm Emily. I'm Abby. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Fancy. <laughs> And I'm Katie. And with that, let's talk about some stuff. Yeah. Listen, we wound up, so it's about to be an interesting episode. <laughs> We've got a hibernation episode for you guys today. Hibernation. Um, yes. Thank you. And we are going to let Kenzie start it with a beautiful story. All right. So, yes, as we know, uh, Kenzie does love a good story. So I invite you all to close your eyes and take a walk through your imagination uh, barring, of course, if you are operating any large machinery, especially if you are driving, please do not. <laughs> Conservation queens do not uh, promote sleeping while driving or operating heavy machinery. Conservation queens would like you to not hibernate while you drive. Then. <laughs> Remember, safety first, everyone. Please All right. sure don't hibernate because that's extreme. <laughs> I kind of wish we did, but also I don't. We'll get into it. Go ahead, Kenzie. We'll, we'll talk about it, but first, close your eyes, unless you're driving, <laughs> and imagine. So the leaves are falling, and the air is growing colder. Winter is coming, and the grizzly bear knows it. All summer long, this grizzly bear has been loading on the calories, consuming everything from wild blueberries to dandelions, and as the season wanes on, sockeye salmon. Ideal. Ideal, right? Well, Bear 747 is just one of an estimated 2,200 brown bears that call Katmai National Park home. And as every summer and fall, these bears will pack on the pounds. Some can actually gain nearly half a ton in a matter of weeks. This impressive feeding binge has garnered worldwide attention via Fat Bear Week, which is a competition held every fall where people can vote for their favorite fat bear. As you it's really probably the best heard, competition we have on this so earth. Good. And as you heard, Abby is quite familiar with it, with the excited little squeal. We love it. He's uh, so, he's rotund. so chonky. Yes, the chunk of chunks. This past October, Bear 747 was crowned the winner at an estimated 1,408 pounds. He's a tiny guy. <laughs> Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, but what exactly drives these animals to such extreme feeding habits? And the answer, on the surface, would be hibernation. Hungry. Hungry. <laughs> Hunger. So as the days shorten, hormonal changes start to kick in and causing some species to essentially enter a sleep-like state for the entire winter. It's typical for bears to lose up to a third of their body weight during quote-unquote hibernation, so the fatter the bear, the higher the bear's chance of survival. Now, this is especially crucial for mother bears who will often give birth in their dens over the winter, and that means extra mouths to feed. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Now, the overall drive of this strategy is, again, help animals survive the winter, but every species is different. So you have five options when it comes to surviving winter. Number one, do not live somewhere cold. 
<laughs> You've already won the game. Don't I select so option cool. one. <laughs> <laughs> we live I, in Florida. I was going to say, you're talking about this fall stuff, but I was just sitting there going, I wish so bad. Let me tell you. Fall. I went up to upstate New York in October to go see fall leaves. and oh, It's beautiful. It is so it's it's beautiful. Oh, good. Yeah. But speaking of fall, another strategy is to simply die in autumn. <laughs> <laughs> simply do not live through don't wanna, winter. Don't want to go through the winter? Just die. <laughs> just die. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead because I died in fall again. <laughs> it's called fall because we all fall down dead. <laughs> Uh-oh, it seems like it's getting colder. <laughs> I guess I gotta die. <laughs> it's that it's that freaking meme with the yes. old man. <laughs> yes, I'll yes, die. I'll die. <laughs> I'm gonna start reading your notes ahead of time so I don't. Except oh it's God. like most insects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some animals, as Katie said, mostly insects. Um, their life cycle coincides with the seasons. So if they can't hold her, can't hold her. So they can't handle the colder season. Uh, their Lover grasshoppers. Exhibit A. Lover grasshoppers, moths, um, cicadas, right? Yep. Uh, the other option is just like all the old people here in Florida, you leave before winter comes. You come so, to Orlando. Come to Orlando. Please Actually, stop please don't. To Orlando. Please it's, stop it's, coming it's here. Um, so sandhill cranes, for example, these guys will migrate from their breeding grounds as far away as northeast Siberia and the northern continental U.S., and they'll come down south every year to beat the winter blues. Mm. Now, another and final option, which is what we'll be talking about, is you stay and you have the equipment to stay active, or, my personal favorite, uh, you slow down, <laughs> a.k.a. hibernate or use torpor. Torpor is my favorite. But what's what are those? Wow, I'm right? so glad you asked. And it's me here to totally bungle this explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so remember last episode when we talked about how monogamy isn't really real? <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with hibernation. <laughs> So what if we told you bears don't actually hibernate, okay? I don't know what hibernation is, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of seems like the prevailing theory. Uh, So there's this thing called torpor, okay? Torpor is similar to hibernation, but not quite as extreme, okay? Uh, Torpor, like hibernation. 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 (laughs) Torpor. Like hibernation, torpor is a survival tactic used by animals to survive the winter. Uh, It also uses or involves a lower body temperature, a lower breathing rate, lower heart rate, lower metabolic rate. So you're slowing down. Unlike hibernation, though, torpor only lasts for short periods of time. So it might be just through the night or the day, depending on the feeding pattern of the animal. So how is that different than going to sleep for eight hours? Okay, great question. It takes longer to exit torpor. So it's a little wishy-washy here. So when you're getting, when you're waking up from torpor, it's not like, you you know, your alarm goes off and you roll out you're of like, bed, okay? Ah. It's like your alarm goes off and you got to hit the sleep button like 30 times, okay? 
Uh, that is me when I wake up in the morning, though. So torpor, waking from torpor involves violent shaking and muscle contractions. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't sound fun at all. No. no. But this energy loss is offset by how much energy was saved during the torpor state. So this state is triggered by the ambient temperature and the availability of food. So bears, raccoons, skunks are all, quote, quote, light hibernators that use torpor. So they're not really like climbing into their den and sleeping for three months, okay? Well, some no, bears are birth but... halfway through. So you're waking up with muscle contractions and changes because <laughs> you're awaking, and they're like, oh, by the way, now you gotta push out some babies. Yeah, being a female bear sounds like the worst. A not really. fun time, especially that part where you come upon like adult males where you when you have your cubs with you and they're like oh what if i just ate your cubs and you're like god no please now i have to like, fight you them you don't know what i've been through uh, <laughs> seriously so, they have the worst <laughs> just yeah the worst. So a lot of animals well not a lot but many animals seasonally go into long periods of inactivity with reduced body temperature and metabolism made up of multiple bouts of torpor so this is known as hibernation if it occurs during winter or it's known as estivation as it, if it occurs in the summer. Uh, daily torpor, on the other hand, is not seasonally dependent and can be a way to conserve energy any time of the year. So the, the confusing part here, I mean, is everything, one. But <laughs> hibernation is a long period of time in the winter. Estivation, long period of time in the summer. Torpor, shorter periods of time, any yeah. time of year. Um, now there is a, there are blah, 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 blah. there are many animals that enter torpor. Um, for example, bats, 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 uh, bears, raccoons, mice, skunks, hummingbirds, marsupials. Let's go over a few of them. Yeah. So one other thing too is there the difference, like just to put more of a difference between sleeping and torpor. Um, aside from the violent waking up part <laughs> uh, is the cycles that are experienced are different. So like REM cycle, when you're sleeping, you do not experience that when you're in torpor. I don't Wait, remember I exactly. Yeah. Uh, going back to the violent waking of torpor. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys remember that episode of SpongeBob? No. Where Sandy <laughs> Where goes they into hibernation. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And then when she wakes up, she's like <laughs> crazed. No, I didn't. Yes. Cable. Yeah, well, because she's like, Bob like woke her up while she was trying to hibernate. And then, or is that yeah, just she, her coming out of torpor? I think it's just her coming out of torpor. I think you're absolutely right. You've cracked the code on that SpongeBob episode. Well done. But what do you what now. do you want to explain to all the little five and six year olds what torpor is and say? You're going to hear a cold hibernation. That's wrong. Because I've tried doing that. It doesn't end well. They just get confused and cry. Well, you don't explain it to the five-year-olds. You explain it to the eight to 12-year-olds. Well, they ask. That's why we were all told as children that hibernation is just going to sleep for a long time. Because it was too hard to explain. Yeah, but then I felt lied to. I mean, yes. Right. Obviously. (laughs) And that's, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to have kids someday and they're going to just be so confused about so many things because I'm going to tell them the real thing. They're going to go to school and be like, but mom said this. Yeah. These poor children. Yeah. I'm trying to find where I found it earlier. How um the, the uh, brain activity is different during torpor, but I'm not, I'm not finding it. So just 
Trust me. It's different. <laughs> All right. A reliable source. Katie's a scientist. Tr- trust me. I, I, uh, Still don't really know what hibernation is. Anyways, let's talk about some animals that do hibernate. Uh, Here are some of them. (laughs) The only primate, because you know me, (laughs) had to look it up. Uh, The only primate that is known to hibernate is the fat-tailed dwarf lemur. First off, what a great name. Uh, Fat-tailed dwarf lemurs are, of course, found where all lemurs live in Madagascar. Uh, Also, please do look up a photo of them. They are real cute. Um, They hibernate in tree holes for seven months of the year. Oh, I want to be one. Uh, I guess. Um, And so it's funny because like looking up things about this guy, like some sites say long-term torpor. Some places say hibernation. This one says tubby tails. They do have tubby tails. Tubby tails. Uh, but the reason they entered this long-term torpor or hibernation is uh, due to food scarcity. So when uh, food is scarce, they survive on their fat stored in their tails. <laughs> yeah. Um, while they're in torpor, their hearts beat only four times per minute. And they take one breath every 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, my God. So that's why, again... I don't think I'd want to hibernate. It just doesn't. It sounds uncomfortable. Among other mammals that hibernate, uh, rodents are really the only ones who go through true hibernation uh, during the winter time, as you know we all thought it to be. Uh, they this is you know animals like chipmunks, ground squirrels, all those itty bitty little guys. Uh, snakes will do it, but. Not really, because they don't do torpor. They go. Uh, they do brumation. Brumation is like torpor and hibernation, but can be interrupted during periodic warm days. So snakes who live in colder climates will experience brumation starting in like September to December, and end around March to April. Uh, brumation is different from torpor because it only happens to reptiles. Is it because of the warm-blooded thing, or the cold-blooded thing? Yeah, I would assume that's definitely part of it. Because, um, like, amphibians, when they hibernate, they just freeze themselves in, like, ice. Yes, they and do. And just, like, hang. What's the question? Yeah, it's amphibians and reptiles. So, so cold-blooded things, probably. Yes. Pretty Except much. for all the insects, who, as Kendi said, they die! They just say, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. Uh, another reason to love insects. So yes, brumation is for hibernating amphibians and reptiles. Um, they take the cue like similar to hibernation from shortening day lengths and dropping temperatures. Um, and they are building up more fat reserves prior. They're feeding more. And then their metabolism slows and their body temperature drops. Um, how to help these animals before and after brumation. So if you see a slow-moving reptile like... A turtle tortoise crossing the road, you, of course, help it go get where it's going. Use a towel maybe that you have in your car or something of that nature. Don't just pick them up with your hands. That's, more, that's more for your own sake. <laughs> um, but please don't relocate the animal completely. Uh, many species of turtles especially spend their entire lives in a small range. 
and relocating it may disorient the animal and disrupt their natural habitats. And hold them like a hamburger. Yes. Like yeah, a not hot, a hot they're, Well, just don't hold them. Hold Get them. under the shell. Keep them parallel to Support the ground. Them. Yeah. Keep the bitey part away from your body. If That's you tilt them too. up or down, their organs are not necessarily like attached to their shell in Ugh. any way. Um, so they kind of slosh around. So like you ever Ugh. pick up a turtle and it pees on you? That's because you're squishing its bladder. Yep. So I, keep them parallel to the ground. That was not an image I was mentally prepared for. No, well, I don't want to use the You're words. welcome. <laughs> Also, apparently there's another term that we didn't even talk about called estivation. What, well, what the heck's estivation? Estivation is hibernation, but in the summer. Oh, that was oh. what you mentioned. Yeah. Why did I think it was something else? Oh, or because the internet dry. doesn't agree with the terms of any of these words. You're right. You're right. It's Every hot single or dry article uses all of these in like just flipping them around. Well, I also cryptobiosis. What's that? Cryptobiosis is tardigrades. It's a metabolic state of life entered by an organism in response to adverse environmental conditions. Yes. Tardigrades. If you guys know, okay. You ever seen a water bear, a little tardigrade? Oh, yeah. yeah. Basically, if their environment is too harsh, they enter cryptobiosis. They basically, it's similar to hibernating where they're just slowing every process down. Um, and then they wait. And they wait and they wait until conditions get better and then they reappear. Um, <laughs> tardigrades have been known to do cryptobiosis for years. Like they will go dormant for like a decade. Uh, and then so they, crazy. they reappear. Sorry, Ellie, the Ellie agrees. locked out of the door. Hold on. Um, and to answer your question again, Abby, for brumation, it is the term used like it's hibernation but for ectotherms so yes brumation is just hibernation but for those who get their heat from an outer source i love how we can hear ellie sorry yeah. back from the park ellie says i don't hibernate maybe i do i don't know ellie only down he says i'm just gonna breathe really heavily so you can all hear me <laughs> ah so sorry well Such to wrap life. this uh this little episode up abby yeah so bring us home we always like to do a conservation conversation we love talking about conservation that's kind of our shtick so as the days begin to lengthen and herald into spring can you tell kenzie wrote this hey. more and more animals <laughs> will be waking up from their long winter's nap and they'll likely be very hungry and on the search for food as they attempt to reclaim the calories lost as tempting as it is to toss your leftover chicken to the scrawny trash pandas, please don't do it. Feeding wild animals can alter natural foraging behavior, lead to possible human wildlife conflict, and even increase the potential for the spread of disease. So for the safety of all of our wild friends and for you, dear listeners, don't feed the wildlife. Now please. give a bird feeder. <laughs> <laughs> now if you're Abby with your bird feeder, then it's a different okay. story. But when you have a bird feeder, you need to keep it well maintained and clean. Clean and your research about the different kinds of food to put in there for the birds. You want to know why eggs are so expensive? Asian flu, the baby. birds had the flu, and that so, could be spread by bird feeders. So clean your bird feeders. bird feeders. Just clean them. It's not that hard. I get ones I can just hose off. Um, and then you have to make sure that it's a constant supply of food, or birds aren't going to come. Fun fact. 
So, plus the other thing with bird feeders is you're not directly feeding the animal. No, no, no. I'm not going to sit there and hold my hand out. Well, okay, I've done that before, but I wouldn't usually <laughs> sit there and hold my hand out for the wild birds to come. I didn't try to grab them. I just wanted them to sit on me for a second. Hey, that's fair. It's like that lady on TikTok that oh my God, covers herself in a blanket bird, and then, yeah, she has like the glasses Drin. with the little paper plate attached yes. with the seed. Her name is Bird Lady Drin. She is amazing. If you're not following her on TikTok, go follow her on TikTok. <laughs> she camouflages herself in blankets and camouflage gear and sits there and birds just land on her and she does nothing. She just wants to observe them closer. And she always gets the most excited. And she has a baby that's named Ren, which is so cute because it's a bird name. <laughs> Abby's so future her. child. No, her future child's name is Puffling. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Actually, we've been calling. So I, to be clear, not pregnant, not planning on that anytime soon. But we do for, refer to our future children as the spawn. So oh my God. <laughs> that's a right now. Thanks, Puffling's. Yeah, that's cuter. But the spawn is funnier. Oh uh, any announcements for this week? Uh, not nope. that I'm aware of. All right, then everybody needs to follow us on social media. We are Conservation Queens Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. We don't have Twitter because obvious reasons. Uh, we also are on Patreon. If you donate $5 a month, you can become a beluga babe. Uh, if you have any questions or you want to just talk to us, you can email us at conservationqueenspodcast at gmail.com, which we check maybe once a month. So No, it gets sent to my off. phone. I check it. Okay, Emily checks it more often. I check it maybe once a month. <laughs> but everyone, thank you so much for joining us this week. Good luck waking up from your hibernation. Go out there and stay sustainable. Goodbye! Bye! Bye. 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 Bye.